Hey, Lincoln Riley, leave a message. Take the locals. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Hulkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching me on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free. I really appreciate your support. And if you want to become a free subscriber, it's easy. Hit that red subscribe button. Hit the thumbs up. It's all done. It's that easy. <clears throat> also, we have a new sponsor for Locked on USC. They're called Bird Dogs. Today's episode is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com forward slash Locked on College. And when you enter promo code Locked on College, They'll throw in a custom bird dog Yeti style tumbler with every order. So, Lincoln, make the local kids an offer they can't refuse. Yeah, if you didn't recognize the at the top, I was referencing the Godfather. And Lincoln Riley, he needs to kind of turn on his inner Godfather figure and let the other power families, you know, of college football know where the turf war boundaries start and end. And even if it means uh, some acts of violence on the field, of course, just start winning. Let the Georgias, let the Ohio States, and let everyone else, you know, let everyone else know that USC's backyard, it's off limits. Don't come around here no more. And you do that by start, you start winning and you start looking like a championship team is supposed to look. In other words, resemble a complete team. Now, we're going to go back and, and use uh, Dylan Riola's uh, words very carefully crafted. I'm not saying he chose those words, but he was quoted using them of why he chose Georgia over USC. So just as um, you don't anticipate, you don't expect USC to you know, go into Georgia's backyard and take their best recruits, well, the same should be said and felt across the country. The Buckeyes, the Bulldogs, they should know that they're going to be getting USC's table scraps. If they want to come into California, Southern California, or the USC market, the Western area, Western region, um, they should know that, hey, USC's got first choice. We get with who they don't want or who they can't take. Because obviously, USC can't get all of you know the top players. And I'm gonna focus on defensive players specifically in Southern California, uh, just not enough room. There's only so many spots available every year on the roster. However, there is room for these guys. I'm talking about players like Aiden Breedlin in the class of 24, Xavier Brown. Those are two of modern day's best defensive players. And then I can bring up their powerhouse, fam, you know, enemies, family over at Bosco. Um, I'll talk about those players here in just a moment. You know, Aiden Breland, he's a monster defensive line guy. And these are rare enough commodities in Southern California. They can't be mined um, and, and recruited by other programs. When you find those rare gems, 
they have to stay at USC. They can't go elsewhere. You know, um, Xavier Brown, Z, uh, defensive back at Modern Day, he's going to be able to watch Damani Jackson this year. See what you know, how he looks, how he's developing. That'll you know, that's going to play a role in the defensive players who USC is recruiting. If they see development and they see a difference in year two, the optics, the the words that have been used, you know, is USC a complete team? Um, that's going to flip. That's going to change. I mean, when was the last time USC had a bigger recruiting class of St. John Bosco players compared to uh, modern day? Not often. This needs to be the year. Modern days, uh, the, the, I shouldn't say that the town that USC is focused on, but modern day is loaded for 2025. St. John Bosco is loaded for 2024. This needs to be the year where USC keeps the Bosco kids. It needs to, remember the, the Long Beach Poly 5? Well, USC got four of them. USC needs to get four from Bosco this year. And here's the four guys. I'm talking about Jordan Lockhart, Kingston, Viliamu, Asa, Marcellus Williams, and Georgia commit Peyton Woodward. Look, if you like Taka Curtis, then you already have a West Coast version in Viliamu Asa. In fact, he is probably the best linebacker prospect in the country. Jordan Lockhart, his teammate. <laughs> That might be the best linebacking crew in high school in the country. Um, that guy's always working during the off season. I mean, every time I see something of going on with Jordan, he's doing push-ups in the airport. <laughs> he's always working out. He is he is the type of player you want in your locker room. Great culture guy, good player too. And then you got Marcellus Williams, cornerback. Uh, he has one brother playing at ASU. We know his brother Max is at USC doing his thing. Here it is. Part of the problem has been that recruits and you know their advisors, coaches, uh, they can't let USC's past, recent past, last 10 years, cloud their decisions going forward. We heard why Dylan Raiola chose Georgia um, because when he said, you know, Georgia is not built on one person or one position group, it's a complete program I get to be a part of. Yeah. I can't be for certain that was directed at Lincoln Riley and USC and, you know, the quarterback room. I, it kind of feels that way, though. But this is how you change the Dylan Riola's minds of the world. Win on the field. And then flip Peyton Woodward. Woodyard, excuse me. The fact that he's committed to Georgia and has been for a while now, and he's still going to take a visit to USC, that's a good sign that he's uh, at least keeping the door open. I think he wants to stay home. And if his teammates come to USC, you know what? That might send the message. Look, there's a lot of time between now and, and the early signing period. So, um, I don't know if this will be a make or break season for Riley with regards to recruiting. I mean, the portal is always going to be the ace up his sleeve, but 
you know, that'll be problematic eventually if the optics don't change. You know, yeah, it, 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 the transfer portal provides immediate playing time for specific areas of need, but that's not how you build a foundation. And there's the bigger picture too that we have to take into consideration when it comes to high school recruiting. USC has to start recruiting, and they, they're already doing it, to start playing the teams that they're going to be playing in the big conference. So losing recruits to Oregon, you know, that's one thing. Losing those recruits and future recruits to the Ohio States and the Michigans, that can't be the new normal going forward, especially if, you, if USC wants to beat those teams. They've got to be a complete team. Clean house locally. Make those kids an offer they can't refuse. Make them want to stay home. And you do that by winning. This is a key season for how things will go forward. I'm not saying USC is in desperation mode. Not even close to that. However, uh, it does feel like um, this needs to be the year. With, there's so much riding on this season. You've got Caleb Williams. You've brought in the right pieces to make it happen. Now start locking up your backyard. Keep those players home. Hey, um, USC's got a, I told you at the top, USC's got a new advertisement. Locked on USC has the greatest thing ever since sliced bread as a new advertiser. I'm not kidding. These things are awesome. Bird dog shorts and pants. They fit when I'm wearing them like a free bird on the wind. I feel great wearing bird dogs. I mean, guys, comfort below the belt line means everything. We know that. Yes, we do. Bird Dogs has these stretchy fabric that make an already great look. I have, I really good looking legs. But they, Bird Dogs, they make them look amazing. And they're comfier than any other pair of shorts or pants I own. Without a doubt. I can go from the practice field to the press box. And that's because Bird Dogs give me the freedom, the versatility, to wear one pair of shorts or pants anywhere. To a meeting, to a date been a while or hanging out interviewing players and coaches so college football couch potatoes and dads bird dogs can make even your body look good beer body or dad body so pick up your laptop and go to birddogs.com forward slash locked on college and when you enter promo code locked on college they're going to throw in a free custom bird dogs yeti style tumbler with every single order you place that's pretty freaking cool uh-huh so um it's uh if i say the the words 13-9 an eight game winless streak Cade mcnown what about rick Ni rick neuheisel instigating a midfield brawl or nearly a midfield brawl because he literally, he made USC kick a Bruin team that was already down for the count. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. Called a timeout. Game was over. Made Pete Carroll dial up a play, go deep, touchdown, rub the nose in the dirt. Those are just some of the reasons why UCLA is a challenge for USC. 
Uh, I'm not sure they will be in 2023, though. Um, UCLA, let's see, they lost their starting quarterback, Dorian Thompson Robinson, who had a pretty good year as a senior. They, they lost their best running back, Zach Charbonnet, who was a beast of last year. Um, at least he was until he played USC's defense, who shut him down, held him below his uh, rushing to average per game, as, as, well, as well as below 100 yards per game, which was odd. It just shows you USC had the, op had the players to get the job done. When they were focused and they tackled, they were... They were good. So they lost their quarterback. They lost their top running back. They lost their top wide receiver, Jake Bobo. I love saying that name, Bobo. Uh, he had 817 yards on 57 receptions. Can you believe, this is true, UCLA has not had a 1,000-yard receiver since 2017, Jordan Lassley. Um, and... All they have returning, the guys who they who they do have returning from last year in their receiving core, uh, each one of them averaged less than 40 yards per game last season. You want to know why Kyle Ford jumped ship? He saw an opportunity, he took it. And uh, he's going to have a chip on his shoulder when uh, they play, when UCLA play, plays USC. And he's going to have a chip Kelly in his ear playing some mind games, reminding him you were good enough to play over there. That's why you're here. But uh, speaking of Chip Kelly, since uh, he arrived at UCLA, his first two years, 7-17. Seven since then, they've gotten better. Last two years, they were 20-12. and 12. And uh, I know my Bruin friends are, you know, they're still in they're still counting on their fingers and toes. Chip Kelly is still below 500 as a head coach at UCLA. He's 27 and 29. Here's the thing, though. Chip Kelly knows how to call a game. He knows how to run an offense. But he needs to settle on a quarterback. He has a five-star freshman, Dante Moore. Uh, he, was in, he was there in the spring. He was battling against... Um, a transfer, his name was Colin Schley from Kent State. Uh, last year at Kent, he threw for 2,100 yards and 13 touchdowns. He only completed 59% of his throws. DTR, who wasn't known as an accurate passer going into last year, threw for 70%. Maybe Chip Kelly will have a similar effect on Colin Schley's career. The other veteran quarterback uh, is Ethan Garbers. I mentioned Zach Charbonnet. He's gonzo. Uh, so TJ Harden, he's going to be the guy this year. Um, but, you know, UCLA's issue at running back, I'm sure TJ Harden is going to be good. UCLA, Chip Kelly knows how to put together a running game. They brought in a guy uh, named Carson Steele from Ball State. Depth is going to be UCLA's issue until proven otherwise. And here's the other thing. Chip saw how poorly his defense played last year. So he went out and got a new defensive coordinator. I know USC fans wish uh, Lincoln Riley followed suit. 
we know that's not the case. So Chip Kelly went out and he got a uh, what he considers to be a pretty good defensive coordinator prospect, at least he hopes so, from the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, and <clears throat> excuse me, DeAnton Lynn was the safeties coach for the Ravens last season. Baltimore had, I think, the third best defense in the NFL. The Bruins gave up 29 points and over 400 yards per game last year. And that was still better statistically than USC. This year's game is at the Coliseum. And USC is going to have a bye week after the game while they're preparing for their next game in Las Vegas, the conference championship game. So this year, the challenge for USC is the Bruins are going to be in their 13 to 9 mode. Here's the thing, though. Uh, I doubt that Lincoln Riley ever loses a game with a score saying 13 to 9 when the gun sounds. In fact, to all my Sooner fans out there who uh, enjoy the show, there's a few of you, uh, let me know, what's the fewest points scored by a Lincoln Riley coach team while he was in Norman? I'm curious. I'm, I'm also lazy. I, I didn't want to go look it up. So in the... Give me some feedback. Let me know. Again, I just... this UCLA is going to be in upset mode this year. I don't know they're gonna if they're going to have enough to compete and contend for the Pac-12 championship. Some, things think, some, some pundits think they will. I think they lost too much. And again... This is the third most important rivalry game on USC's schedule. Remember, the total poll of life is Notre Dame, Stanford, and then UCLA. So that's why this game will be a challenge. It's a rivalry game. And uh, when UCLA sees USC starting to pull away, they get extra gutty somehow, and they most of the time put up a good fight. I don't know if it'll happen this year. I'm kind of hoping this is one of those, uh, well, it won't be 50 to nothing, but I wouldn't mind a 69 to something type of score. It's half, or 66 to, what was that? 66 to 13? Wouldn't mind one of those. So let's say Bronny James stays at USC for more than a year. And let's say the Buckeyes come to the Coliseum in year one. Which sideline is Bronny's dad going to stand on? This is about football. This is not about basketball. The season ticket sales um, this year are going to, they're, I, I think they're going to tick upwards. It's Caleb Williams last season. People were going to, you know, get that last hurrah in and kind of anticipate USC making a run for the playoffs. But I think season ticket sales are going to be skewed when USC makes the move to the big conference a year later. There's going to be an uptick because of the intrigue and the newest of seeing, you know, teams that rarely make trips out west. So games 
will are going to see bigger crowds. Plus, you have you know the Big Ten, you know, the Big Conference alumni that have migrated and have settled west, you know, on the west coast, in Arizona, the western region of the country. Uh, they're going to want to see their alma maters play. So remember how Wisconsin fan turned the Rose Bowl into a sea of red whenever they played UCLA? Yeah. The laws of supply and demand are going to raise ticket prices. Remember, USC downsized the Coliseum. It only seats 77.5 now. There used to be a time when a face value ticket for a game, let's say against Oregon State, was $65. But the ticket against UCLA or Notre Dame that same season at the Coliseum, it's usually one or the other, was $125. Made sense. Big game, price should demand a higher price. That's how it works. So, well, now you're going to have home schedules that don't have Oregon State or the Washington States or Arizona or Colorado. um, You're going to have home schedules that include Ohio State or Michigan or Penn State or Wisconsin or Iowa or Nebraska. Which one of those games are going to be $65 face value tickets? Now, I know inflation's gone up. If the cheapest ticket, if the cheapest face value ticket is $85, which one of those are the $85 value games? When, when Pete Carroll was running Los Angeles, a Trojans game day ticket was literally the hottest ticket in town. It was a hot commodity. There were celebrities on the sidelines as well as seated or standing in the end zone seats. It's not often uh, when you turn around and you see Bruce Willis standing a few rows behind you. I had thundering herd season tickets. Detective USC diehard John McClain, he did not. I had better seats that season. So... I mentioned Wisconsin fan a minute ago. They're the type of fan, their fan base, who will buy USC season tickets the season they know Wisconsin is you know is going to be on USC's home schedule. And they'll be in LA for that game. And then they're gonna sell the balance of their season tickets to their Midwest brothers and sisters when those teams are playing at the Coliseum that that year. They're going to end up making money on the deal. So this is a, I guess, a, a, a new paradigm shift that USC fans are going to have to kind of get in tune with, align themselves with. Uh, you want to get season tickets? Don't get shut out because um, the fan bases from those aforementioned programs are beating you up. Ticket prices are going to go up. And uh, just gonna have to get used to it. So there you go. What do you think? H- how should US? How are USC fans gonna respond to that? Hopefully, uh, in the positive. You're not gonna. I can't imagine seeing a coliseum with more Michigan and Ohio State fans than USC fans. That would be a travesty. I've talked about it happening on the basketball side. That can't happen on the football side.
There you go. That's another episode of Locked on USC in the books. I'll be back with another episode again tomorrow because Locked on USC comes at you five times a week. Don't forget to hit that bell notification button. And until I come back and make, I want you to make sure you're making Locked on USC your first listen every day. Then head on over to wersc.com. A lot of recruiting stuff coming up. Keep you updated there too. So until then, everyone, you know what to do.